Welcome to the fourth episode of Flawless Fridays. And if you haven't been following along with this segment, it's every Friday. This is a smaller podcast episode, around 10 to 20 minutes maximum, where I go over one topic and I kind of develop my ideas a bit to hopefully help you guys in whatever it is that I'm talking about. Now, what I want to talk to you guys today is, I'm going to title this, The Stoic Method to Beat Procrastination and, you know, finally get the important work, the work you've been meaning to do for maybe a long time done. How do we get this work done in a way that doesn't promote, you know, overwhelm and anxiety and all these bad feelings that we sometimes get when we do things on top of the deadline? And I want to start by asking you this. How many times have you been confronted, you know, with this fork in the quote-unquote road? You know, one path leading towards the goal that we've crafted for ourselves, one you deeply desire, and then the other path going completely against this long-term ambition, but providing you with some, you know, easy short-term pleasure. Now, for maybe you, me, a lot of us, these type of moments will happen on a daily basis, always proving to be very mighty opponents, always. Now, unfortunately, pretty much everyone, maybe you listening to this, succumbs to the temptations of this easy path, whether that's in the form of fast foods, video games, mindless Instagram scrolling. We can find ourselves deviating from the journey towards our goals more than we'd like to admit. And it's quite sad because, you know, for a lot of us that are listening to this, that are into self-development, we have this deep desires and this deep passions we want to pursue. But a lot of times, we are the ones stopping ourselves from moving forward and from getting these things done. You know, it's, it sucks, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, it is reality. And the worst part of this all is that a lot of times we are completely aware of the terrible mistake we are committing. You know, we know we shouldn't do it. We know we should be stronger than this. But despite that, we succumb to the temptation anyway. Almost as if we're struck... <laughs> Almost as if we're stuck in this type of dream we cannot control. And it sucks. It's it's very um, the opposite of empowering. <laughs> the, the word's kind of missing for me right now. But it is, and it leads to a life of, you know, despair if, you, if we don't take control of this. Because, you know, when we feel like we're in control and we feel like we're progressing towards our full potential, then that's when that fire inside and that meaning arises. But if we can't do that, then, you know, everything's kind of fucked um but yeah uh, and if this you know immediate reward for or be average pleasure is pleasurable you know a lot of times what comes after is nothing but that you know it's a lot of frustration disappointment anger and a mix of so many other conflicting emotions that you know all of us would rather just avoid this in the first place now as someone who had to deal with the consequences of procrastination and bad decisions there are some methods i've picked up to refocus and get work done Despite that little voice that tells you to, or told me to relax, play video games all all day, just go out and party with your friends, there are some things I want to share with you. So let's get into those. Number one, and probably one of the biggest ones, is having unrealistic expectations. Um, Most of the time, a lot of times, we are setting ourselves up for failure before we even start. And yeah, I know, it's tragic. Uh, The reason, you know, we do this uh, <clears throat> so we do this by completely 
overestimating what we can achieve in a short period of time thinking that we can lose 50 pounds in a month, you know, become a millionaire by investing $50 in Forex, or even meet the girl of our dreams with the next pickup line or whatever big achievements we are promised by late night infomercials. Sad, I know. Uh, You know, and we start motivated. And as such, a lot of times we want these results fast, quick, and in big amounts. We feel like, you know, in order for life to make sense, we need to get it, whatever it is, and we need it now. So, you know, by having this feeling, and once this feeling arises, we decide we're going to go all out. You know, despite the infinite number of content that I'm sure you've came across uh, that tells you otherwise, that tells you that you should focus on the long term, we kind of say, fuck it, and we just proceed to rush towards the finish line. And, you know, as you may have noticed from, (laughs) for example, the Olympics, is that sprints don't last um just take a look like i told you in the olympics take a look at the world of short distance runners the you know the astronomic high speeds they achieve can only be sustained for so long this case short you know you don't see usain bolt run at i do believe 28 miles per hour is his maximum he doesn't run at this speed for more than 10 seconds because it wouldn't be sustainable however when he does run at those speeds you know he prepared to do so in this case, for years on end, to make every single of those below 10 seconds count. And now on the outside, you know, we only see those sec- 10 seconds of glory. You know, the the crowd cheering, the gold medal being placed on him, him just opening his arms as he's winning, you know, the public victory. Now, what we don't see, though, is the daily grind of practice. The waking up at 6 a.m. to go run, followed by a meal which probably is less than he should just to maintain his form, always the same, followed you know, by more running day after day, years after years after years of doing this for those 10 seconds. And you know, because we don't see any of these behind the scenes, our view of success becomes skewed. We start by envisioning ourselves winning the gold medal when we haven't even put on the running shoes for the past five years. Now, in this case, what follows is inevitably disappointment. We start motivated, we buy all the gear and watch all the tutorials and all the stuff that is not actually doing the thing. We feel like nothing can stop us, like we are ready to crush whatever it is we choose to. Now, that is until we actually start doing it. Because when we do so, we are confronted with reality. And, you know, the thing about reality is that it can be a bitch sometimes. Because when we leave this dreamland, when our expectations clash with what actually is, We must be prepared for the worst. You know, uh, my example, I remember when I first uh, tried Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is a martial art. You know, after weeks of watching tournaments and tutorials and all this stuff on YouTube, um, I thought, naively, you know, but I thought that due to all the knowledge I had acquired on the topic, I would perform well. Now, as you'd expect, I couldn't have been more wrong. Because what followed, and you know, when I started doing it first class, was me losing to you know everyone that was on the gym, including including women, including you know teenagers. <laughs> I'm not gonna say children, but teenagers were much younger than me, and as a consequence, I couldn't help but feel overwhelmed, you know, frustrated, with anger, with sadness, and disappointed, to the point where I remember I almost cried after just because it had been such a shock. You know, I'd been given a reality check because what happened was I'd built a scenario in my mind 
where I was destined to be the next big thing. I, you know, I would walk into the gym and beat everyone there. However, because this expectation, you know, when it was put to the test, it got completely destroyed. I was left with all the, the bad feelings one would expect. You know, this failure to meet expectations is what led to me giving up shortly after. And having learned from the experience, I now, you know, want to share with you the exercise that keeps me in check. So, you know, reality doesn't have to do that for you and that you can kind of prevent this from even happening in the first place. Now, if you're wondering, this exercise is called Premeditatio Malorum. Uh, I do believe, you know, first of all, that's probably... I probably butchered how you say that, but uh, it's in Latin, I do believe. And, you know, it's it's very ancient, but let me just talk to you a little bit about it because it is increasingly common to see content recommending us not only to define our goals, but also the steps to get there. And personally, I think it's great advice. It's the advice I give and I specialize in. However, there is something of much greater importance and barely anyone seems to talk about it. Something that was created centuries ago and has been used by some of the most influential people who have walked our planet. And, you know, it's quite simple and everyone anywhere can do it. And you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, what is this thing that's going to solve all my life? First of all, it's not going to solve your life. No, no single thing can do that. But that being said, what is this magical quote unquote exercise? Like I told you, it's called Premeditatio Malorum, or in English, the premeditation of evils. So in other words, defining our fears and playing out the worst possible scenario ahead of time. And I bet that was not quite exactly what you, you know, what you were expecting. But nonetheless, truth is, in my opinion, for the most part, we are not prepared for things to go sideways. We take mo- most of what we have for granted only to realize its value when we lose it. Whether that's our wealth, our health, our relationships, we never actually take a second to realize how fast it could all be gone. And now with Corona, now with a lot of those things have been taken from us, now a lot of us are starting to realize, oh my God, I should have been much more grateful before. And maybe I should have even prepared to, you know, what if something goes wrong? So in the words of Seneca, the advice, you know, in temporal advice he gave us is, quoting, the man who has anticipated the coming of troubles takes away their power when they arrive. Now, for the purpose of this podcast, um, you know, that being helping you stick to new habits and helping you stop procrastinating, um, I took the structure from Tim Ferriss and this is what we're going to do. So you're going to have three, let, let's say you have a sheet of A4 paper horizontally and you're going to have three columns. The column number one is define. You can write big letters, define. And the first step, like this defining, will be to pick the most important habit you want to start or be more consistent and picture the scenarios of you giving up and everything going wrong. And I really want you to take the time to be in a quiet environment for this and make it as vivid as possible in your mind. Then write write all of the possible things that may stop you from doing it in this section. You can put like number one, number two, number three, etc. Now, for me personally, this section alone will remove much of the anxiety I have towards starting new things or even doing them on a regular basis. The way it works for me is that, you know, since I've already lived through the possible scenario, I now know I'm capable of surviving it and keep moving forward. Therefore, you know, I'm removing a lot of my fear 
of the unknown. Uh, in my opinion, this is especially useful for big stressful events. For example, a big speech, uh, an important competition, a debate, maybe even proposing to your future-to-be wife, who knows. Now, in my case, this has proven especially useful when in these big events. That's why I'm telling you that. Um, you know, uh, I remember doing this when I was releasing the mentoring program. So I defined, for example, no one will buy it. I will fail to complete the course. People will call me a fraud. I will fail to deliver something I'm proud of, for example. Uh, then we go over to step number two, which is prevent. And you can write this in the middle column. Because after you know what could go wrong, step number one, now it's time to think of ways to prevent it in the first place. Now, this will vary greatly depending on the type of person you are and the activity you choose to pursue. Um, it could be finding someone to keep you accountable, tracking your daily progress, getting, getting a mentor, and so much more. It really, it's really going to depend on who you are and what you're going to do. Now, what my list looked like was something, you know, taking into account the ones I told you previously was... Number one, get feedback to make sure it is something people need. Number two, schedule every module of the course. Do the best to provide stats and research for my claims. Plan ahead to make sure I have time to do everything without being in a rush. That's step number two. Now we move over to the last step, step number three. And this will be the last column. And you can write in big letters, repair. So because now finally, it's time to prepare for the actual worst case scenarios for, you know, when all hell breaks loose. And trust me, uh, from my experience is that not always, but eventually it will. So you might as well be ready. Now, I don't say this to scare you because a lot of times, depending on how dramatic, not dramatic, but how negative or, you know, how you are, a lot of times it can be a scenario so negative that it's literally almost impossible to happen. But to a certain degree, bad things will always happen, you know, and you can look at the most successful people we look up to, they've all had their fair share of life-crushing incidents, moments that could have, you know, for the most part, terminated their career if they let it. However, in these moments, it was their will and their preparation to get things fixed that changed everything. And I want to finish here with uh, one of the biggest examples in recent time, which is Tiger Woods. Um, if you don't know, Tiger Woods, one of the biggest, if not the biggest golf uh, star ever. And what happened to him, you know, he's most successful, one of the most successful of all time. What happened was that after one of the biggest scandals in the history of professional sports that happened to him, followed by what could have been a career-ending injuries, it seemed like he was done. You know, I do believe it was three surgeries he had in his back, some in his knee, you know, completely fucked. However, Tiger not only was able to come back at 42 years old after losing, just let me run into all this, $750 million in court in a divorce, I believe, having went through four back surgeries and consequently having had to relearn his swing. This means he had to relearn how to play golf for the most part. After all of this, he was able to come back, win a PGA Tour, uh, one of the main events, and then ultimately win the Masters in last April. The Masters is, these are the biggest events in golf. All the best players are there. Tiger Woods at 42, after all of this, was able to win it and, you know, complete his miraculous comeback. And I'm just saying all of this to show you that unless we are dead, unless you die, there is always something you can do to come back, to come back after the failures, after things, even sometimes we think are unrecoverable from. Uh, but yeah, but the hardest part is, you know, 
if you actually sit down and write these things, I strongly believe that you'll be much more prepared to overcome the critical moments of procrastination. However, this is the hardest part. As with all things, don't expect it to go smoothly. Pardon me. Don't expect it to go smoothly after you complete, complete the exercise. Because after all, now you know all the ways in which you can fail. And, you know, on top of that, this is just to beat procrastination. There's much more to learn. And the only reason I say this is because it's very tempting to feel invisible. Like nothing nothing ever can hurt you because, you know, you've already seen it in your mind. Now you feel like you're some sort of god. And while I agree that we are much more prepared this way, we must always remember that we are nothing but human. We have blind spots, we underestimate things, and we tend to get cocky, even after all of this. So if this exercise teaches us anything, and I want to finish with this, is to recognize how frail and weak we can be, and how life can be this way as well, because we are a part of it. So that in the end, after, after, after it all, at the end, deserves so that we can be grateful for what we have, but prepared to lose it all. Thank you for tuning in for the podcast, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.